Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Now it's time to talk Braves, Falcons, and college football with a Deep South college football legend. It's the Buck Baloo Show, exclusively on The Fan. Time for the Buck Baloo Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Streaming at 680thefan.com. Get that mobile app driven by Beaver Toyota upcoming. Let them wow you. Sounds like they're doing a good job of that. We got uh, DT in the house, Road Dog Gillespie as we get the week started. Super Bowl week. Are you ready? Tough this weekend without any football. I'll tell you that. And we're showing up ready to get the work week started. Let's go. Bucks. Big. Take. Alabama and Nick Saban. Man, they were busy this weekend hiring both coordinators. Kevin Steele leaves Miami, wouldn't you? And is back for his third tour at Alabama working with Coach Saban's defense. Steele runs a 4-2-5 scheme that's fundamentally sound, aggressive, and one that should be a good fit with the talent the Tide features on defense. Steele has a reputation for taking away the opposing offense is top playmaker, and I'm sure Nick Saban respects that. He's also a good leader, and this guy knows the SEC like the back of his hand. New offensive coordinator Tommy Reese arrives in Tuscaloosa after running Notre Dame's offense the last three years. He's committed to the power running game. Throwback and adapted the Irish offense to fit three different quarterbacks. I'm sure Saban really liked both of those qualities. The red flag for Reese is this. His passing down success rate was poor. 35% in his three years at Notre Dame. Explosive plays. A mixed bag, let's say. One year it was bad, the other year it wasn't so bad. It's not going to impress you. Priority number one for Reese will be quickly developing the quarterbacks there, Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson. Now, critics are going to say Steele is too old and Reese is too young. I'm going to say that neither were Saban's top option. But they may be the best fit for Alabama right now. Word on the street says, uh, remember the guy from UW that reportedly turned down the job? He was pass happy, and, well, Saban didn't like that a heck of a lot. Uh, Lebby at Oklahoma now, formerly with Kiffin over there at Ole Miss, he had some baggage this following, following him around from Baylor, you know, the cover-up. Moorhead was mentioned. Remember the former head coach at Mississippi State? Uh, he's a knucklehead. Saban figured that out. And Garrett Riley was already off the market. 
Remember how Dabo locked him down quickly. Pruitt's being investigated. Schumann was reluctant to leave Georgia, and Grantham was a bad fit. My overall grade in the Steele and Reese hires at Alabama, I would give it a B. That's my grade. And the Tommy Reese thing, I think that's going to take some getting used to for these Alabama fans. They are running it back, so to speak, because, you know, Saban, when he got uh, the success started, the ball rolling again in Tuscaloosa, they were they were utilizing heavy that power running game, taking a sledgehammer and just knocking these SEC defenses all over the place. And it sounds like they'll be heading back to that style of play offensively. Instead of throwing that thing around, man. Again, the red flag, the passing down success rate at Notre Dame under Reese, 35%. And, folks, that's not going to get it done. So look for uh, Alabama to go back to trying to maul defenses in the SEC. Bludgeon defenses in the SEC. We got some big-time offensive linemen, and we're going to knock you off the ball. That's where they're heading. It's funny how these things kind of were being kind of cyclical for the longest time. That's all Alabama was known for was, you know, running the ball, playing strong defense. And then as as the game evolved, Nick, Nick Saban kind of fought it, and then he embraced it. I wonder if maybe they went almost too far to the uh, to the spread, quick quick offense and everything like that. Yeah, Saban is adaptable now. I mean, he's he's done both. He's been wide open under Sarkeesian. He has been, uh, we're going to just maul you with the run game. We saw that uh, early in his great success that he's had at Alabama. But look, I think he was on down the list when it came to, uh, to interviewing these offensive coordinators. I, I briefly touched on it with some of the guys they were considering. Dragging their feet, missing out on Garrett Riley, if that's who they were targeting. Dabo, man, he jumped in there quick. Trying to get the guy, the genius that only got his top playmaker, his his best player on offense, one touch in the national championship game. I don't think that's very smart. So there you go. That's what we get this uh, the show started. A solid B for the hires over at Alabama. Now let's get to the Falcons. The dirty birds are in our blood. And guys like Buck know what's happening in the huddle. Let's dive into Falcons football on the fan. Yeah, let's get on into some Falcons football, baby. I can locate my notes. Starting to look like, look like Domino over there with that pile of papers you got, Buck. Well, no, it's just highly organized. Oh, of course. Just, uh... Where are the notes, man? So can you filibuster for a second? Road Dog, how was your weekend? Yeah, let's see. You were talking, you were getting ready to talk about some, uh, yeah, Road Dog. How oh, was the we weekend go. first? Yeah, I got it. Road Dog was traveling. I know that. Yeah. That Georgia basketball. So, uh, But I believe you had some insights about maybe some future quarterbacks for the Falcons? Yeah, here we go. So the Falcons, uh, plan A, it seems like to me... 
Mr. Blank has got his eye on Lamar Jackson. Mm. uh, Continuing to see some reports and rumors circulating about the Falcons, uh, Falcons' interest in Lamar. And do you think, guys, that that Mr. Blank would hesitate to give up three first-round picks and give Lamar a guaranteed contract of $230 million to I don't come believe, play for the Falcons? I don't believe Mr. Blank would be opposed to that. I wonder how... Well, rest- Mr. Blank's in charge. Uh, of course, absolutely. So that's a that's a big part of this, but... I wonder how the front office and maybe the, the coaching uh, staff I don't, would approach that. And he's, he's got like five general managers over there in the front <laughs> office. I'm not sure how they come to a consensus on anything. All right, let me tell you what plan B is. Plan B, apparently, the Falcons are taking a look at Jimmy Garoppolo. What? Yeah, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reporting two teams have emerged in the Jimmy Garoppolo sweepstakes. The Texans and the Falcons. Now, the Texans would go ahead and use their first pick on a quarterback, and Garoppolo would be the Band-Aid. Now, the Falcons, I would imagine, would look at Garoppolo as being their quarterback for the next four years. He's 31 years old. Saw the market value, uh, Spotrac, I think it is, uh, looked that up. We're talking about a four-year deal for $150 million that would pay him $37.5 million a season. Are you out of your mind, Buck? What? And then when he gets injured, not if, but when he gets injured, then that's when you play Desmond Ritter for all you Ritter fans out there. Jimmy G played in 10 games this season. You know, he played in every game last uh, 2021. Six games in 2020. So over the last three years, he's averaging playing in 11 games per season. So plan A, Mr. Blank, looking at Lamar Jackson, willing to give up three first-round picks and $230 million guaranteed. Not to mention, oh, okay, yeah, you mentioned the the contract. On top of the the draft compensation, the picks that you're probably going to have to send over there, maybe in some players, you have to pay them. A lot of money, and he wants a lot of it to be well, fully remember, guaranteed. All, all these sports talk, talking heads are talking about is how much money the Falcons have. You got to spend it, right? On one player? All this money under the cap. And I don't believe it's Fontenot making these decisions. These decisions like this would be made by Mr. Blank. Now, did they go after Deshaun Watson? Absolutely they did. Were they willing to give up that kind of uh, draft capital and money to get Deshaun Watson in here? Absolutely. Yes, they were. No denying that. Well, Buck, you just talked about Jimmy Garoppolo's inability to complete a, a, a full season, it seems. Lamar Jackson's been hurt himself uh, recently and Yeah, but you got to Mr. Blank's tired of losing. I'm sure. He is sick and tired of going into MBS on Sunday and seeing all those empty seats. That's got him. It's got to really upset Mr. Blank. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were in on both these guys trying to make it happen. I'm certainly not in on Desmond Ritter being the quarterback moving forward.
Neither am I, Buck. But are you are you sold that he can't be the quarterback moving forward? Uh, the the small sample size that I've seen four games, I would say he's not going to be an outstanding NFL quarterback. Okay, fair enough. I know it's a small sample size, but that's what I'm thinking. And you have to imagine, obviously, we as you mentioned, we got a very small sample size, four games. But Arthur's, Arthur Smith and this coaching staff sees him every day at practice. They've seen him all through the offseason. So um, it's, not just, it's not just necessarily what we've seen on the field, but a lot of questions headed into the offseason for the Falcons. And, and yeah, do you want it's to intriguing. Uh, guess that, that Ritter can get it done, or do you want a guy that's proven to be successful in the National Football League? These are guys that are... Well, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is not that, right? I mean, in, our, in my opinion. I would think that, uh, you know, when he's been in there, he's, he's been successful. Good. Far more successful than Ritter showed you in those four games. Is that not potentially a part of being in arguably one of the best offensive systems in the entire football world there with yeah. Kyle Shanahan and with, you know, a lot of playmakers? Do George you Kittle? want to uh, lose for another three years as Ritter, you know, gets up to speed as an know. NFL quarterback? Or do you want to get a go- legitimate guy in here to I want a give you a chance to win right now? Absolutely. I'm just not sure. I'm not convinced that would be Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. We'll see what Mr. Blink thinks. Yeah. Well, yeah, he does normally speak to the media during Super Bowl week. We used to get, when we went out to the Super Bowl, we always got Mr. Blank to sit down with me and old Kincaid, who must be loving life this week as we get ready for the Eagles to play in the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. All right, coming back on the other side, man, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make a promise. We're going to talk Braves baseball every day during the month of February here on the Buck and Kincaid, uh, Buck Blue Show. <laughs> you haven't done that in a while, Buck. Uh, yeah, I think it's like the third time. <laughs> And I, it was because I just got through talking about him, being so excited. We're going to talk Braves baseball on the Buck Baloo Show every day this month. So you can count on that. Now, you know we're talking football, too. We'll find some college football to get into. Coming back on the other side, a uh, NFL Super Bowl bounce and maybe a top five. Plus the latest on Monk and, and the Ravens. What is Georgia doing behind the scenes? Hang around. We got that, too. It's the Buck Baloo Show, live from the Battery Atlanta, here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Spring is here, and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Let's get the week started. Super Bowl 57 week. Next Monday, we'll be talking about the Super Bowl champ. And, of course, the loser. We'll be talking about the loser, too. Appreciate you hanging out with the Buck Baloo Show here on the fan, 680 and 937. I'll tell you what, I'm ready to talk Eagles and Chiefs right now. Got the notes right in front of me. 
Got the Eagles still a slim favorite in the game. Are you going to bet on the game? Are you? Um, I have not laid any bets, Buck, but um, yeah, I'm still waiting any for more insight too? from the Buck Blue Show. I see where the Madden simulator predicted an Eagles Super Bowl win. How about that? Simulators usually do a pretty good job. The I think computers. I, I was I was on the Eagles earlier, Buck, and I, as we get closer to the game, I'm leaning more towards the Chiefs. So, yeah, last week at the end of the week, I admitted I would take the Chiefs in a really exciting 31 to 28 game. Now, don't yeah, I just want to see a good game. Right? Don't hold me to that. It may change by the end of the week. We'll when we about, make our big pick on Friday. Say, we'll hear more about that later in the week, right? Absolutely. Right now, though, let's break it down. Because last week, I spoke about the matchup with the Chiefs offense taking on the Eagles defense. We're going to flip it around today, looking at the Eagles offense taking on the Chiefs defense. Do you know the Eagles lead the NFL offensively with Jalen Hurts being in the shotgun 92% of the time? I mean, it's rare indeed when you see Hurts up under the center. They're going to line up in that shotgun. They're an 11 personnel grouping, too, 92% of the time. So you can pretty much count on it. It's very predictable. Hertz is going to be in the shotgun. They're going to be in 11 personnel. One running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. So it's not like the Chiefs are going to have to guess what formation and what they're going to do because they're going to run, run a lot of RPOs. In fact, I think they lead the NFL in running the run-pass option. They do it more than the the morning show here on 680 The Fan. That's what like they, every day, but What they do is, with these RPOs, is they're going to hand it off. You're going to see Hertz run it. And you see a lot of short to intermediate throws when you see everybody else running the RPO. Not the Eagles. They're looking to take some deep shots. When Hertz pulls it out of the belly of the running back, he's looking to take some shots down the field. Now, a lot has uh, been made already the first week in the lead-in that the Eagles lead the NFL sacking the quarterback. Well, you know, Kansas City is number two in the NFL in sacking and the adjusted sack rate. You're looking at some new age numbers, advanced analytics. There you go. Kansas City, number two in the NFL, adjusted sack rate, number six in pressure rate. So they do an excellent job of getting after the quarterback. And when you look at Hurts, he's much better. Isn't every quarterback much better when he's not under pressure? But a tremendous drop-off with Hurts' production, his efficiency, when he gets pressured. In fact, he's got a 45% completion rate when he's pressured. Chiefs do a good job pressuring the quarterback. Hurts doesn't perform at a high level when he's under pressure. Hmm. Now the Eagles, what they do well, they run the ball better than anybody in the NFL. And they start fast. Seems to me the Eagles, they score on that first drive almost every game. They like playing from the lead. 
So the Chiefs on defense, top concern coming into the matchup is they better they better do a better job stopping or slowing down the run. I don't think they can stop the run, but they got to do a better job of slowing down the run game for the Eagles. Chiefs have faced five really good running teams this year, two with the Oakland Raiders. And I believe Jacobs was penetrating that defense pretty easily. P. Ryan gave him a hard time in three of those five games. So they, they better come up with a better plan of slowing down the Seagulls' run game. And then I think the big rub on this side of the ball is going to be third down. It's going to be huge. you got to get the Seagulls' offense off the field. Philly's offense, number three in the NFL on third down conversions, converting almost 50% of the time. 47.5% conversion rate on offense. I think I mentioned this at the end of the week last week. The Chiefs defensively, you know, I mentioned how predictable the Eagles offense was, being in the shotgun, being in 11 personnel, running a lot of RPOs. Well, the Eagles are going to know where the Chiefs are defensively as far as coverage goes. Heavy cover two, heavy cover two man, heavy cover four. So look for the Eagles to be working and targeting the middle of the field in this matchup. And there's a little bit of a deep dive into this side of the ball. We'll come up with something else to give you tomorrow. Right now, though, I promise you, we're going to talk Braves baseball every day in the month of February. Let's chop it up. Time to talk Braves. Let's chop it up. Presented by Haug Law Group, your local personal injury attorneys. HaugLawGroup.com. Man, I've been uh, breaking down this shortstop situation for the Braves, and that is the number one storyline coming into spring training. Can Vaughn Grissom replace Dansby Swanson? And as a matter of fact, on Bucks Beat Podcast, episode 80 is up right now. A deep dive into the shortstop situation with former Braves middle infielder Mark Lemke. You can find that at thepodcastpark.com. It's brought to you by Associated Credit Union. Or you can get it wherever it is you get your podcast. Bucks Beat, episode 80, up right now. Talking about the Braves shortstop situation. The number one storyline coming into spring training. All right, let's talk about the number two storyline coming into spring training. And the number two storyline is the competition for the fifth spot in the rotation. Now, it's two guys that are really good friends and close, and we've seen both of these guys do outstanding things, taking the ball in the show. Ian Anderson and Mike Soroka. You got Ian Anderson returning, trying to return to form after a terrible season in 2022 that found him buried at AAA Gwinnett. And then you got Mike Soroka, back-to-back Achilles surgeries he's trying to come back from. So physically, can Soroka hold up? Now, the other option out there, Bryce Elder, who came in and was pretty impressive coming in without Anderson and Soroka to go to last season. Elder spot started and was really effective. That's the good news. Nine starts, 3.17 ERA. The bad news with Elder is that that was done against the Marlins and the Nationals. And I do believe Road Dog could have gotten them out. 
so we need to see more out of Elder. So let's focus in on Ian Anderson and Mike Soroka for a second. Ian Anderson had 30 starts in 2020 and 2021 and was was so, so impressive. ERA of 3.25. Had eight postseason starts with a 1.26 ERA. Talk about spectacular. But then in 2022, Ian Anderson got hit, and he got hit hard. And because of that, lost some confidence with the lack of effectiveness. Hey, it would happen to all of us, right? 22 starts last season. ERA jumped up to five. Gave up more hits than innings pitched. He got roughed up, as they say in the business. And I think the problem was he just got too predictable in what he was throwing. You know, he built his success on the fact that he would he would throw that fastball up in the strike zone and he would get these hitters to bite on it. And then he would come down, once he got ahead in the count, he would use that plus changeup, throw it low in the strike zone, and get these hitters to chase it. So they were chasing the fastball up, and then they were chasing the changeup down. And then, well, the scouting report got out there, and these hitters, they they started being a little smarter at the plate in their approach. They stopped chasing the fastball up. They stopped chasing the changeup down. And then the fastball and the changeup started getting located within the strike zone, and these major league hitters started hitting it hard. So he's he needs a third pitch. And we've heard this before, where this breaking ball, this curveball that he's got... 12 to 6 variety, uh, didn't get a lot of depth with that pitch. Hopefully he's been working on that during the offseason, and we're going to see a better breaking ball for Ian Anderson this year. And I'd spoken with Leo Mazzoni several months ago about Ian Anderson, and Mazzoni was saying, you got to change up. You're, you're too predictable with the fastball up and the change up low. How about throwing the fastball down a little bit out of the strike zone? Can't be too predictable. So there's Ian Anderson. Got to improve his command of the pitches that he has. So what about Mike Soroka? Braves must be confident they tendered him $2.8 million in 2023. So they must be pretty confident that he's going to come back and and make an impact this coming season. And what we saw out of him, I know it's been a long time. It's been a couple of years since we've seen Soroka. He has that filthy, nasty uh, sinker. I mean, the sinker is is untouchable, or it was, when he had that going on. It was coming up there with some velo at 92 and 93, had some nasty downward movement into the strike zone and out of the strike zone that got a lot of these major league uh, hitters chasing that pitch. The slider was really good, too. And then he mixed in the forcing fastball up in the zone and the changeup was his fourth best pitch. There's some talk right now about his arm angle. Is it different than it was when he was dominating a couple of years ago? After the two surgeries, Achilles surgeries, there's some talk about the arm angle being a little bit different and how that's effective, affected the filthy, nasty sinker that he had. So I'm anxious to see Mike in spring training and get a better look of 
of what he's got in 2023. Look, if the truth be told, and I'm here to keep it real, they're going to need both these guys if we're going to win the division for the sixth consecutive year. It's a long season. You're going 162. There's a chance, pretty good chance. In fact, I'm going to guarantee it that you're not going to use the same five guys all season. You're going to see Bryce Elder. And whoever wins this fifth spot in the rotation between Anderson and Soroka, really good chances you're going to see both those guys pitch a lot of baseball in the upcoming season. And that's us chopping it up for you today. We're going to talk Braves baseball every day this month of February. And then we'll talk them every day in March, April, May, June, July, August, September, and hopefully into October. Sensing a theme here, Buck. What, that it's baseball season? Yeah, that you like to talk a lot of Braves baseball here in Buck Blue Show. Well, that shouldn't be any surprise. I I did the, the Braves pregame show for like a decade. I'm a former professional baseball player. So, yeah, I've got a passion for the Braves. Lifelong fan. Let's get to the top five, man. Lighten it up a little. Best in college football and the NFL. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one. Yes, sir. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Go, DT, go. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Yeah, we're all over the place here in the top five, Buck. Busy weekend. Uh, We'll start on Saturday. I wasn't able to to catch in this senior ball. Maybe you can fill us in a little bit, Buck. But just catch any, are there any players who maybe made some money this weekend at the senior ball? Getting ready, looking forward to the NFL draft. As a Falcons man. Yeah. Give us a Falcons perspective, please. And you know my perspective, we need to upgrade the line of scrimmage. So I've been looking at these offensive linemen and these interior defensive linemen. Really focused on that. And so, you know, the senior bowl coverage I saw last week and then uh, the game over the weekend, it was a guy uh, playing here in the Deep South that really impressed me, a guy that I'd seen play many times, Darnell Wright. Okay. Tennessee Volunteers offensive tackle. And he was one of the guys that made some money down in Mobile this past week. Looked good during practice. uh, Dominated some of the time. Held his own, whether it was the run game or in pass protection. Darnell Wright looks like a guy that would fit in nicely with the Atlanta Falcons. And I think he made money. I think he went from a second-round pick. So maybe back into the first-round guy? Ooh, that's that's a big move, too. Well, it's a premier position in the National Football League. He's not just one-dimensional. He can participate in the run game. He's also a good pass protector. Keep an eye on, uh, keep an eye on Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. All right, Buck, that's a name for us to look at. So that was something you enjoyed over the weekend, Buck. Give us the worst thing you saw this weekend. And, yeah, we're talking football, baseball, basketball. What you got? What was the NFL Pro Bowl activities? <laughs> oh, come on, Buck. Come on. We're, <laughs> we're playing dodgeball. You didn't enjoy any of it? Dodgeball? <laughs> I mean, are we going back to elementary school now? P.E. and elementary school? This is a joke. A complete joke. I enjoyed it, Buck. I thought it was fun. This There's this nothing else to watch. totally unacceptable. So, Buck, not happy with the, quote, reimagined Pro Bowl games. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> There's your odd take from Buck Blue. Worst thing 
Buck Blue has ever seen the Pro Bowl games this weekend. All right, Buck, the big news over the weekend. Kyrie Irving on the move once again, headed from uh, Brooklyn to Dallas. What do you make of this trade? Well, my take is I wouldn't sleep on the Nets, and I know a lot of people are counting them out because Kyrie's gone, but the best I can tell, uh, they may have gotten better. KD is now surrounded by a host of shooters. So if you're going to double KD, then you're going to have an open three, and they've got some guys that can knock it down, especially now Spencer Dinwiddle. I know his name sounds funny. 40% from three-point land. So KD's surrounded with a lot of shooters. KD plays defense, too. I notice nobody ever really talks about that. And then also, look, I think the key for the Nets is you you just can't play uh, Simmons and then the center that came out of Georgia. You can't have them on the floor at the same time. So they, they won't be able to do that. But I think maybe the Nets got better in this deal. Addition by subtraction. Call me crazy. Yeah, Don't yeah. sleep on the Nets. All right, we'll keep an eye. All right, Buck, let's, let's, we got to pick up the pace here in the top five. Give us a quick Super Bowl nugget. What you got? Well, the Eagles with 39 rushing touchdowns this season, the highest total in NFL history. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I just broke it down. This Kansas City defense against the quality running teams have had some problems slowing those teams down. They've got to do a better job against a team that is now the highest total of rushing touchdowns in NFL history. All right, we'll see how they run the ball on Sunday. And finally, Buck, rounding out the top five. Talked about the worst thing you saw this weekend. What's the best thing you saw this weekend? Give us some good stuff. I was at the Region 6A wrestling competition, and my son, Rhett, he's, he's wrestling heavyweight at 205. So we're very proud of the season that he's had. He was down on points in the third period with 10 seconds left. All right, so fatigue has set in for Rhett and his opponent. And Rhett dug down deep. He got a takedown and a near pin, picked up four points, and one by one point as the clock ran out. Now, he got beat in the final, so he ended up finishing second in the region. Well done, Rhett. And advances to the sectionals this coming weekend and we're thrilled because the sectionals Valdosta, Georgia I get to go home, see the family and friends. Great job, Brad We're proud of you, man Top 5 on 680 The Fan Atlanta's Sports Station Man, I tell you, that was so exciting That sounds pretty thrilling, Buck. I don't know much about wrestling It was down like 2 points with 10 seconds left and it just like uh, you know, he got found the strength Digging deep Man, he dug deep, and he took the dude down, and then he almost got the pin as the final second uh, rolled off the clock. Well, well done. That, yeah, advances. Yeah, that, was, that was the best thing I saw all weekend. You know, I'm going to guarantee you that we're going to talk Bulldog football on the show every day of the week. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs, and it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25-20, is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. All right, we got some breaking news coming down. Jake Rowe of Dogs HQ is reporting that outside linebacker Marvin Jones Jr. will miss spring football practice with labrum surgery. 
Really tough break. Georgia at the outside linebacker spot. Looking to feature uh, two dynamic young players in the upcoming season. And Marvin Jones Jr. is one of those two guys. So a little bit of a setback for Marvin. Hopefully he's going to be ready to go by the time the season rolls around. Again, Jake Rowe reporting that with Dogs HQ. I want to talk about Todd Monken getting that second interview with the Baltimore Ravens. You may have heard that as uh, over the weekend, that coming down. And typically your second interview, I guess you're coming back talking about money. I'm not sure what you did not cover in the first round of interviews. but It's got to be the money, right? But I think I've got two things as it relates to this Monken and his second interview with the Baltimore Ravens. One is that I noticed the Raven, and this is good news if you're a Munkin man and a Georgia Bulldog fan, this is good news. I noticed that the Ravens had requested an interview with Eric Bieniemy, the Kansas City offensive coordinator, who has been in this head coaching search for the longest of time because of the success they've had with the Chiefs. And Eric Bieniemy, why... You're going to have somebody that's going to say, well, Blue, why would he make a lateral move? Well, I tell you why. To improve his marketability, because being the Chiefs offensive coordinator working for Andy Reid has not improved his marketability enough to get a head coaching job. When all these interviews take place every single year for the head coaching jobs in the National Football League, Eric Bieniemy has come up short. So in an effort to improve his marketability, I think Eric Bieniemy would might jump at this Baltimore Ravens opportunity. Now, the earliest he could interview for the job would be next Monday. Which leads me to believe the Ravens are just drawing out this, this search that's going on. I look at Mon- Monken is a guy that's going to be sticking around Georgia as I look at it right now. And let's say even if he, the enemy is not interested, didn't interview well, they decided to go with Munkin. Well, again, you got Mike Bobo already on the staff, ready to step in as the offensive coordinator. And I do believe this is why Buster Faulkner exited to Georgia Tech to become their offensive coordinator because he knew if Munkin left that Bobo would get the job. That's my theory on that. And Bobo has already done an outstanding job as the Georgia Bulldog offensive coordinator, left, explored his opportunities as a head coach. Now he's back on the staff. This would be a a seamless transition if Munkin did leave and Bobo's stepping in. And there's your Bulldog roundtable. Got some news on the Gators, some college football news coming up next. You got the Buck Blue Show live from the Battery Atlanta here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Got the blue show on this Monday morning. Hopefully you have a great Super Bowl week. We're talking about the outcome of the game this time next Monday. I think I'm leaning Chiefs right now. We'll see what the pick is at the end of the week. Got some Gators news, though, I need to drop on you. Mmm, tasty. Time for the College Football Nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Yeah, the Gators finally got them a quarterback. Graham Mertz, former Wisconsin quarterback. He started 32 games up in Wisconsin, 59% completion rate, 38 touchdowns, uh, 26 interceptions. Uh, Not a good ratio right there. Now, the plan is for the Gators to also bring in another quarterback when that transfer portal reopens after spring football practice is completed they need a little more depth but right now looks like the gators have got their guy mertz does a a pretty good he's not a runner as stephen a would call him uh not a runner but manipulates the pocket pretty well uh throws it around pretty decent too just the decision making forcing some balls up at wisconsin maybe they can get him coached up down in the swamp area but Gators at least will have a legitimate quarterback heading into the season. And there's your nugget today. Leads us right into the final word. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers. Keeping Georgia green since 1955. Congratulations to Aaron Rodgers. Finally won his first golf tournament. Won the Pebble Beach Pro-Am playing with professional Ben Silverman who just won on tour last week and I tell you what Rogers is catching some static they won at 26 under par there's a lot of talk about Rogers lying about his yeah. handicap he's a 10 right is that yeah, what he said he's playing at? Saying. yeah he's not a 10 well if the truth be told he made some timely pars at Pebble not the longest course you're going to see play but when they needed him to make par, when Silverman was in trouble, he was able to do that. And that's how you win in this pro-am business. But uh, congratulations to A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers. Said it's the first golf tournament he's ever won. And I'll tell you what, I had fun seeing Keith Mitchell, the former Georgia Bulldog, who helped me beat Kincaid in the Buck and Kincaid Classic way back when. Mitchell now has totally made it on the PGA Tour and was playing with Josh Allen, the quarterback with Buffalo, in the Pro-Am. Keith with a shot to win it today as they tee it up at 11 a.m. Coming up here in five minutes to finish off the golf tournament. So uh, shout out to Keith Mitchell. Great job he's doing. It's going to do it for me. Nick and Chris coming up next. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Thank you, Buck. Where's Nernie? Okay, thanks a lot, Buck. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? 
the power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.